0: Today we're going to talk about why we don't like grace, but also why we should. In our churches, we love to use big words. We obfuscate our pedagogy through superfluous grandiloquence, manifesting hubris instead of demureness. See what I mean? Inconceivable. While I might have a speech impediment, I certainly do not want to have a preach impediment. These get in the way of God's message reaching our hearts and minds. Let's dig through those big words and learn something incredible. Thank you for joining us again on Preach Impediments. This podcast is made possible by Edenhollow.com. And of course, we would love for you to go over there and check out the things happening with Eden Hollow. Thanks for joining me today on Preach Impediments. And we are going to have our last episode on the topic of grace, this very well-known, off talked about topic, but probably a topic that is debated often and misunderstood even more. Often when I'm trying to get to the bottom of what a word means, I like to try to put it in very practical terms, because if I can't put it in practical terms, then I probably don't really understand what it means and what it's meant to mean by scripture. And grace is one of those topics that I like to put in practical terms because I think when we do, we realize both what we love about a concept, but also what we are uncomfortable with when it comes to that same concept. Grace is a term we are uncomfortable with as people. Let me illustrate it in this way Imagine you are in the local grocery store, whichever grocery store you prefer. And you've got your buggy or cart and you're pushing it down the aisle, grabbing things off the shelves as you need them. And you happen to turn around the end cap of one of the aisles and down at the other end of the new aisle you have turned onto is a mother and a son. You can't hear their words, but you can see the way the child is acting and he is definitely acting out and bringing attention to himself. Well, you assume the child is asking for something on the shelves, which typically happens, and the mother has shook her head no. That's the response. And the child pulls his hand back and slaps his mom across the face. Now, what's your reaction to this story? Because I imagine if you're like most people, your reaction is not one of kindness or gentleness, your reaction is that mama needs to put that boy in his place. And if she doesn't, I'm going to walk down there and put him in his place for her. We absolutely cannot stand the idea both of a woman being struck, but especially being struck by her own child. It is a, an offensive concept to all of us. And so we look at that story and we think immediately, justice needs to occur, that that child needs to be put in his place. So imagine, again, same scenario, you continue walking down the aisle and maybe even a little quicker in case the mom needs assistance. But as you get close to the scenario, to the woman and the child in question, you hear the mom tell the child, it's okay, son, let's go get some ice cream. Now, If you're like most people, you're fuming at the injustice of this story. You absolutely do not think that is the right way to handle this. You think something needs to happen in order for that child to learn his lesson. Uh, We look at a story like that, which is a story of grace, because that mom is not only showing mercy by not punishing her child, but is displaying grace by offering a gift to that child that the child does not deserve. And we look at that, although it is a, an imperfect example of grace, we look at that and have probably a proper human response to it. That story displays a scenario that is not fair. Uh, it is not fair for that child to get away with, with special treatment and it is not fair for that mom to be treated poorly. It is counterintuitive for that mom to offer a gift to that child. It's lenient. And whenever a child is acting that way, that's the one thing we believe that child does not deserve. That child does not deserve more freedom. That child does not deserve leniency. That child deserves punishment. And ultimately, we would look at that that scenario and say it's unnatural. That is not the way things are supposed to happen. But I'm going to flip this on you a little bit and say, those are the four reasons that we should actually love grace, not be offended by it. Whenever we experience grace, particularly when we're thinking of God's grace that allows salvation, as mentioned in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, those four reasons we just gave, it's not fair, it's counterintuitive, it's freeing our lenient uh, and it is, it is unnatural. Those are the four things that we should appreciate most about God's grace. For instance, it is unfair for God to allow us to avoid hell. We deserve hell. The wages of sin is death, according to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. We know that. We've all read that verse. We're familiar with the concept. And we know that we escape hell based on the gift of God. His free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That verse goes on to say, but the idea that we can escape hell, even though we deserve hell and instead be given something so wonderful, like eternal life is unfair. We deserve to be punished and to be put in our place and our place is hell. But God treats us unfairly by giving us a gift. It allows us to do the unexpected, uh, to to be counterintuitive. You know, for instance, the, the law of Jesus says that we should treat others the way we want to be treated. Now, the problem with that commandment is that other people don't deserve to be treated the way we want to be treated. And honestly, we don't deserve to be treated the way we want to be treated. So it is counterintuitive for us to give others that sort of preferential treatment, but it's also unexpected and counterintuitive for God to do that. Our third point was that grace is freeing or lenient. And you find that grace is the same for us. We read Titus chapter two, verse 11 through 12, in our podcast the other day. Let me read it again. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passion and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself the people for his own possession who are zealous for good work. So here, what you find is the grace of God trains us and frees us to act in a certain way, to act in an upright and a godly manner. It allows us to be like God, which goes back to our fourth point, the idea that it is unnatural. It is supernatural, grace is. And so here we've got this idea of all the things that we find to be honestly The most offensive aspects of grace are also the most beneficial aspects of grace. The difference is we find them offensive when someone else receives grace, but we find them beneficial when we receive those benefits. And that, I think, is really the key. Why we sometimes love grace and why we sometimes despise grace It's who the recipient of the grace is. We love grace when we receive it. We despise grace when we are either required to give it to others or when we see it given in a situation where we find it to be offensive or unfair. Ultimately, grace is unfair. None of us deserve it. But God gives it to all people if they're willing to receive it. I love the way Edwin ended his podcast the other day. That quote, grace never gives me permission to sin once I've turned to Jesus. It always gives me permission to turn back to Jesus once I've gone and sinned. That is the biblical idea of how we should understand grace. Let me read another passage to you. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no, quote, root of bitterness, end quote, springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. You see, the reason why we don't like the scenario that I described at the beginning of today's podcast, that little boy who is offered ice cream instead of punishment, is because we think that if he's given ice cream, he's going to grow up to be a brat. It is going to reinforce bad decisions. It is going to cause that child to honestly turn into a a rotten adult and so we see that and we think oh that is awful that's bad that's not going to work except did you notice back in Titus 2 grace is supposed to train us and if you'll notice here in Hebrews 12 that we should not fail to obtain the grace of God because it allows us to strive for peace and strive for holiness and to prevent bitterness between us and others. It allows us to live a holy lives and to live with purity. Grace, when we truly understand it, allows us to to grow, to change, to be different, to be better than we were. And that's why we strive for the grace of God. That's why we should make sure that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Let me go back to our original scenario. And add a little background to the story. Honestly, we, we hear that story and we think of probably just a very typical rotten little child and doting mother. But what if the scenario was changed somewhat? What if this was a child who had been adopted out of an abusive home? And this mother is growing her relationship with this battered and broken child and the mother is trying to help. The mother is trying to reinforce her love for this child. Not that she's trying to control him, not that she's trying to make sure that his behavior is in line with her expectation, but she is trying to help this child see that he is loved no matter what because of the scenario and the circumstance through which he has lived. That changes things for us. That allows us to see that maybe the mother has a purpose Maybe the mother has some instruction that accompanies the grace she is displaying to that child. She is trying to reinforce to that child her love. Well, we are broken. We come from a battered existence because we've tried to survive this world without God. And God is trying to reinforce to us his love. And so he is extending to us grace that we don't deserve so that we can also understand and experience love no matter what. So that we can experience love based on relationship, not based on achievement, not based on any sort of behavior. God loves us. And so God extends grace to us. And I hope maybe... That understanding can help you grow in in understanding how we should be treating others. You know, we often will treat others the way we feel they should be treated instead of treating others the way we would want to be treated. That's not what scripture teaches. Scripture teaches us two things. One is treat others the way you would want to be treated. The other is treat others the way God would treat them. Jesus taught this himself to his disciples. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That commandment to love one another, as I have loved you, is huge. That's exactly What we're talking about here with grace, God displayed grace to us, therefore we must display the same grace to others. John chapter 15, verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Again, we are to have that sort of love sacrificial love even for one another. That is grace. No one deserves you to lay your life down for them. No one. But that's what we're supposed to do. And we do it because we didn't deserve God to do that for us with his son Jesus. We did not deserve Jesus' death, but he gave it because he loves us. He displayed his gift his grace toward us because he loved us and we should do the same for other people so let me go back to the four points I made earlier about our kid in a grocery store and again keep this in the context of a battered child from a broken situation who is having love reinforced to him by a new parent that gift of ice cream that she offers to him yes it's not fair you can see why it is helpful it's not intuitive it's really counterintuitive but once you understand the circumstances it makes sense yes it is lenient but it also frees that child from a broken situation and a heartbreak of the past so that that child can truly believe in his parents love and yes it is unnatural but is love really ever natural Love is a godly thing. It is supernatural in many ways. And we should be willing to have that sort of grace for others. God has it for you and me. Let's have it for others. I hope this podcast has been helpful to you. I hope maybe you have a better understanding of grace. And if you've got questions about grace, please reach out to me. You can find my contact information on Facebook or at our website, Preachimpediments.com. And I encourage you to continue listening, share it with others, and let us know how we can better serve you in this with these teachings in the future. Until next time.